Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and this is episode 139 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I recap week eight and dish out my ballers and stallers. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Week eight in the books. We're going to be looking at week nine here in the next couple episodes for the week, but let's recap Thursday Night Football and the rest of week eight. In the second half of this episode, I will dish out my ballers and stallers per usual on a Tuesday morning. Hope you all having a wonderful start to your week. Today is the NFL trade deadline. It is 4 p.m. Eastern. So there should be a lot of players moving. Of course, I don't have that information now, early Tuesday morning, but we will get that and we will recap it on Wednesday. So make sure you stay tuned and uh, make sure you're following um, professionals on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow along, obviously, to our pages. Uh, We keep you up to date best we can. But um, make sure that you're uh, paying attention because some of these players that are flipping are going to have incredible fantasy relevance and you may want to trade for or trade away or pick up a guy in waivers if say somebody's moving off of a team you want to get the next man up or defense something like that so make sure you stay tuned to the nfl trade deadline today at 4 p.m eastern and uh, there'll be a lot of moving parts so we will recap those on tomorrow's episode without any further ado let's get into thursday's recap the vikings Get a win at home versus the Redskins, 19-9. The Vikings, 6-2. Redskins, 1-7. No real surprise here. The Vikings get their fourth straight win. Kirk Cousins, 285. Dalvin Cook, 98 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs continues to beast out without Adam Thielen, who sat this game. Seven catches, 143 for Stephon Diggs. On the other side, not much from the Redskins. Adrian Peterson tries his best, but not much there. So only a handful of field goals. So the Vikings get a... uh, Big win and remain right on the heels of the Packers in the NFC North at 6-2. and two. Moving into the Sunday slot, the Seahawks get past the Falcons 27-20. This is a great game. I watched most of it. Again, I live up in the Pacific Northwest, so Seahawk territory. I'm a Niner fan at heart, but... Uh, you know, regionally, geographically, as far as my, um, you know, local TV channel goes, uh, I get the Seahawks game along with Red Zone and all that stuff. But watch the Seahawks game. They look great. The Falcons actually played really well in this game. Surprisingly, Matt Schaub had a almost a career day, uh, 460 yards and a touchdown. But the Seahawks eventually prevail. Chris Carson, 90 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Julio Jones, 10 for 152. So I and everybody else in the fantasy industry predicted a downgrade for the Falcons with Matt Schaub taking over for Matt Ryan this week but frankly fantasy wise statistically that didn't really happen so decent games from Ridley and Hooper and Devonta Freeman but uh, the Falcons ultimately lose this game 27-20 Seahawks 6 and 2 Falcons 1 and 7 Seahawks right on the heels of the 49ers as well in the NFC West Let's move on to the Eagles and the Bills. The Eagles get a big win in Buffalo. I picked the Bills to win this game. I was pretty surprised that the Eagles were able to basically run all over them, um, and uh, the Eagles shut down the run. The run defense for the Eagles is legit, um, so the the Frank Gore and, and Singletary were pretty much shut down in this game, but the Eagles had a great team win here. Uh, this game was actually 11-7 to at halftime, but the Eagles pulled away 20-6 uh, to in the second half there. So big win for the Eagles, 4-4, four and four, and the Bills fall to 5-2, and two, but they're right on the heels of the Patriots as well. Carson Wentz, 
just 172 and a touchdown, but a nice game management game. Jordan Howard, 23 carries, 96 yards and a touchdown. Big game for Miles Sanders as well. A nice couple long catches, so keep an eye on him in PPR leagues. And um, Alshon Jeffrey, four for 64. Dallas Goddard got the touchdown uh, ahead of Zach Ertz in this game. And it'll be interesting to see how Zach Ertz develops over the rest of the season. I made a bold prediction earlier in the season that Dallas Goddard would finish inside the top six tight ends and and, uh, Zach Ertz would finish outside of the top six tight ends. Um, We're kind of starting to lean that way. It's interesting. I I had mentioned I was really worried about Zach Ertz preseason because of Dallas Goddard, and uh, it's starting to kind of lean that way. So not a huge deal. They had similar catch and – reception yards totals but um Dallas Goddard is getting the touchdown so keep an eye there big win for uh, Philadelphia though on the road in Buffalo let's move into Chicago where the Chargers get a last second win the Bears miss another game-winning field goal as time expires so the Chargers escape with a win 17-16 Chargers three and five on the year the Bears three and four Mitch Trubisky 253, no touchdowns and a pick. David Montgomery had a career day, had his rookie breakout game, 27 carries, 135, and a touchdown. One of those was behind a huge 60-plus yard run. Mike Williams, three for 69. Keenan Allen disappears again. Hunter Henry, not much. Melvin Gordon does get a touchdown. Austin Eckler, um, somewhat held in check, but still getting the volume. Um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are interesting. I had mentioned... Again, preseason, another bold prediction I had was that Mike Williams would outproduce Keenan Allen overall in any format in fantasy. Now, statistically, if you look at their fantasy points and statistics right now in week eight going into nine, Keenan Allen still holds the edge because he had three huge weeks to start the season and Mike Williams was hurt during that time. But since Mike Williams has come back, since Hunter Henry has come back, since Melvin Gordon has come back, Keenan Allen has more or less disappeared. He caught a wide open 20 plus yard touchdown. Excuse me. He dropped a uh, 20-plus yard touchdown. Mike Williams is not um, very efficient with Phillip Rivers because Phillip Rivers just basically fucking chucks it under pressure and hopefully Mike Williams catches him. But he's getting the air yards, and we know Lucas's favorite stat is the air yards, which he's right. Uh, Mike Evans is a perfect guy. Um, if he's not connecting with Jameis, he's going to have two catches for 25 yards. But if he connects – just like he did this week, he's going to have 11 for 198 and two touchdowns, Mike Mike Evans. So those air yards don't lie. The problem is Mike Williams is unable to get under a lot of those because Phillip Rivers is just chucking them. But that being said, the big yards, the big plays, the touchdown upside is with Mike Williams still, and Keenan Allen is fading a little bit. So Keenan Allen is not a problem. Don't drop him. I wouldn't even trade him unless you can get something higher. But just, you know, temper your expectations now because Keenan Allen, I don't think, is going to be what we had at the beginning of the year moving forward. Again, on the Bears side, pretty uh, pretty rough day uh, with another missed field goal. But um, the Chargers should not have won this game. They're not looking good. They are they are straight up a bad football team right now. The Bears aren't very good either. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, the Bears should have won this game going away. They have it come down to a field goal as time expires. Eddie Pinheiro misses that field goal, and the Chargers end up getting the win. So Chargers 17, Bears 6 in Chicago. Moving into Detroit, Detroit gets a nice win here, moves to 3-3-1, and one, and the Giants fall to 2-6. and six. Detroit 31-26, and Matt Stafford 342 and three touchdowns, one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Um, I've been hearing some rumbles. I mean, 
he's not going to win MVP because he's Matt Stafford and the Lions are the Lions. Uh, and ultimately, a couple of the quarterbacks will probably have better statistical numbers and wins and playoff um, presence. And Matt Stafford most likely will not. However, strictly on a numbers basis and who's the most valuable player to their team, Matt Stafford is definitely in the top five uh, consideration for me personally, um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is up there every single year because if you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, they probably haven't won a game yet. Um, Tom Brady, I guess, but again, not crazy statistics, but he always gets it done. But Lamar Jackson, um, I would throw Christian McCaffrey in that mix. Michael Thomas is out of his mind right now. Um, so some of these players, I think, uh, have that consideration. I would throw Matt Stafford in the mix as of right now. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 19 for 64, pretty bottled up. He had a really nice run that's kind of made the highlight reel. It was about a 10-yard run, but he broke a tackle, stiff-armed a dude, very vintage kind of Barry Sanders run. Um, but just 64 yards for Saquon. And Kenny Galladay, nice game here, a bounce back, 6 for 123 and two touchdowns. This was expected after Marvin Jones lit up last week with four touchdowns. Kenny Galladay game, boom. Let's see who gets it next week. Um, I would imagine uh, that they kind of just even out more or less. But the Lions are playing well here. Their defense is playing well. There's definitely some um, you know, whispers that uh, Darius Slay, their all-pro um, you know, uh, defensive back, could be getting traded. If he gets traded, I think that this defense has a huge hole in the secondary, which means that Matt Stafford will probably be throwing it even more. Um, so that would help out him and, of course, the receivers there on the team. Ty Johnson was a big pickup in uh, on waivers. I picked him up where I could. Um, not much. He got the most carries on the team, but not very efficient. Trey Carson was pulled up from the practice squad last week. He got uh, the bulk of the rushing yards there. J.D. McKissick was also involved. So there's a lot of moving heads here in uh, in Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time you hear this podcast or by the end of today with the trade deadline that the Lions pick up a running back. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But the Lions get a big win at home, 31-26. Next up in Tennessee, 27-23 over the Bucs. Uh, the Titans move to 4-4. Four and four. The Bucs fall to 2-5. and five. Um, Jameis Winston is – I had text my, text my boys in a group thread while I was watching the game. Jameis Winston has to be the worst good quarterback in the NFL. Um, when he's on, he's on, and he can throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. We've seen that. But he's fucking terrible most of the time. Bad decision-making, knee-jerk reactions, no real rushing upside. Um, he – you know, targets one receiver at a time, which is cool for that particular receiver. But Mike Evans goes for 11 and 198 and two touchdowns, which is great. But Chris Godwin doesn't do much. Maybe next week, Chris Godwin's going to go for 10 catches, 150 yards and two touchdowns. And Mike Evans won't do much. Of course, uh, Cameron Brait was a big streaming option with OJ Howard out and possibly getting traded as well. Um, Cameron Brait doesn't do much. 30 for th or three for 30. He still can't run the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs get a uh, running back as well by the end of today. Anyway, Jameis Winston, very, very frustrating here. Um, he throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns, but another handful of turnovers, five last week. Uh, he's a mess. In fantasy, it doesn't affect you so much um, unless you lose a lot of points for interceptions, but it's just very frustrating to see the Buccaneers lose possession after possession after possession on dumbass decisions by Jameis Winston. I mean, fantasy-wise, he's fine because he puts up the numbers and Arians chucks it. But for real football purposes, Jameis Winston is not a good quarterback, and he's not a franchise quarterback that the Buccaneers need to make that loop. They've had a lot of talent in the receiving core, obviously. Their tight ends, their defense is getting better, at least against the run for right now. Um, and Jameis puts, their, puts the – 
the game at risk every single possession, which is very, very um, uh, risky and just obviously non-committal as far as Arians goes moving forward. So it'll be see, interesting to see what they do with Jameis after the season. But moving on to the Titans, uh, they have a big game from Derrick Henry, uh, 75 yards, but he, you know, 75 yards against this Buccaneers front is pretty impressive. Um, and uh, Deion Lewis got in the mix as well, a handful of receptions. Um, not much with the uh, receivers here in this game. I had mentioned a couple weeks ago after the big blow from A.J. Brown and uh, Corey Davis that I wasn't, you know, 100% convinced that they were going to be able to make it happen. Um, and sure enough, unfortunately, they are not. So, um, the Titans, you know, kind of slow pace slugging, but they do get the win. Good defense at home, and uh, the Buccaneers again throwing the game away with Jameis Winston. So the Titans get the win, twenty-seven to twenty. Moving to Indianapolis, the Colts escape with a game-winning field goal. So unlike the Bears who missed it, the Colts' Adam Vinatieri drills his fifty-one-yard game-winning field goal, fifteen to thirteen. The Colts get the win. Five, uh, five and two on the year, and uh, the Broncos fall to two and six. Comes out that, um, well, Joe Flacco really criticized the coaching and the, the franchise in general after the game. Then it comes out that he's got a neck injury, so he's going to miss a handful of weeks. Didn't see him get injured in the game, but nonetheless, Joe Flacco probably out for a couple uh, weeks. So it looks like um, they're going to go with uh, Allen as their quarterback, and we'll see um, how that goes. But either way, I'm worried about the Broncos in general. I'll let Lucas talk about them later. Def- de- sorry, decent defense, um, but unfortunately they're not able to do much uh, when they're behind in all games. Uh, for the Colts, though, um, they are uh, they are getting it done. Jacoby Brissett, just 200 yards, but he, you know, nice game, management game. Uh, no mistakes there. Marlon Mack, 76 yards in the touchdown. And uh, T.Y. Hilton, an excellent catch uh, on the sideline on a fourth down, pinned up against their own end zone. Um, Jacoby Brissett evaded um, uh, the D, um, uh, sack, essentially, uh, from Vaughn Miller and uh, was able to hit um, – T.Y. Hilton down the sideline for a 20-plus yard gain, keep the drive alive, which inevitably set up the field goal, and Adam and Terry knocks it through. The lone bright spot, once again, for the Broncos, Cortland Sutton, three for 72. Let's move into Los Angeles, where the Rams take care of the Bungles here. They move to 5-3, and three, the Bungles 0-8. Uh, the Rams, 24-10. to 10. Jared Goff, 3-72 and 2. He was my start of the week at the quarterback position. Got it done. And Cooper Cup, absolutely crushing. 7 for 220 and a touchdown. Could have had much more in this game, but they shut him down late. Brandon Cooks got a concussion on like the third snap of the game. Uh, he might be out for a couple weeks now because it's the second concussion of the season. Robert Woods had a decent game. Todd Gurley had a decent game, um, but nothing nothing else huge there. Uh, Joe Mixon finally got loose a little bit. 17 carries for 66 yards, a couple receptions. It was nice to let them finally uh, focus on Joe Mixon, so hopefully they will be doing that moving forward. But the uh, Rams get a win in London, 24-10 to 10 over the Bengals. No real surprise here. Next up in New Orleans, the Saints um, get the win against the Cardinals, 31-19. And they, let's see, Drew Brees returns. Teddy Bridgewater goes back to the bench after going 5-0 with the Saints. Drew Brees, 373 and three touchdowns, a vintage Drew Brees game, really. Uh, after that thumb injury, he looks just fine. Latavius Murray fills in for Alvin Kamara once again, 21 carries, 102 and one on the ground. And Michael Thomas, again, potentially the MVP of the league right now, 11 receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. 
Dude's an absolute fucking animal. Nobody can uh, guard him. We're everyone, you know, people are kind of worried about Patrick Peterson being back and Michael Thomas, blah, blah, blah. Michael Thomas has dominated pretty much every cornerback he's faced. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can keep this up. Last year, he started extremely hot, right? Faded a little bit down the stretch. Adam Thielen did the same thing. So we're halfway through the season. Let's see if the momentum keeps up. On the Cardinals side, David Johnson sat this game. Uh, Chase Edmonds was a huge pickup last week on the waiver wires, one people weeks. This week, he gets hurt, leaves the game. Um, and it looks like both those guys could be out. The Cardinals end up trading for. Kenyon Drake from the Miami Dolphins. Um, by the time you've heard this podcast, you've probably heard that news already, but I haven't had a chance to report it yet. Kenyon Drake, I think, is an uber talent coming out of Alabama. Of course, I loved him a lot, but going to Miami, just dying, unfortunately. Uh, but I think he's going to be great, especially this week, potentially. It is Thursday night. It is against the 49ers. Not a plus matchup at all. However, if David Johnson and Chase Edmonds are out, Kenyon Drake might not have any other chance but to grab 20 touches, and we'll see what he can do with it on a real team. Although, <laughs> I'm not sure how much better the Cardinals are than the uh, Dolphins. Um, definitely more exciting and fast-paced, but actual talented offensive line, I'm not sure. However, much better playing uh, play calling, so the Cardinals should be able to make some moves there with Kenyon Drake. Um, and let's see. The... Uh, <laughs> The receivers for the Cardinals are a letdown. Kirk came back, not a huge game. And then uh, Larry Fitzgerald also hasn't been doing much recently. So maybe temporary expectations on those guys. And Kyler Murray looks really great when you're watching the game. But ultimately, another, you know, just 100 yards, no touchdowns. He's not really getting it done, unfortunately. So no fantasy output there for Kyler. But he looks great, and I expect him to be excellent moving forward in general. But uh, the Saints at home can't be beat and their defense is really really good plus Drew Brees Cardinals have really had a chance here 31 to 9 Saints take it home the Jaguars get a big win at home versus the Jets 29-15 Jags 5 and 5 and the uh Jets 1 and 6 um sorry if i missed the records really quick the Saints 7 and 1 and uh the Cardinals 3-4 and 1 apologize if i missed that uh the Jags with a big win Garner Minshew 273 279 and three touchdowns. Leonard Fournette remains a beast, 19 for 76. Still no touchdown. He had a touchdown called back. This was kind of a weird play that I wanted to dive into just for a second. Leonard Fournette was on the goal line. Or the Jags, rather, were on the goal line. They um, they get a – they basically call Leonard Fournette's name on the one-yard line. Runs up the middle, gets stuffed. The refs call the play dead for uh, forward progress, and like a half second later, Leonard Fournette basically is pushed into the end zone by his lineman. So one second later, if the refs didn't call the uh, call the play dead, the Jags would have had a touchdown with Leonard Fournette. Okay, they stop forward progress. Leonard Fournette does not have a touchdown, so be it. The next play on third and goal, I think it was, they call a sweep to Leonard Fournette. And he gets tackled for like a six-yard loss, and he looks over to the sideline, and he definitely had some words for the coaching staff, obviously very upset that he didn't just run back up the middle because he's a fucking train, and he probably would have scored no problem. Anyway, he is disgruntled. He's been disgruntled for a couple of years. He had his run-in with Tom Coughlin last year, of course, put him in the doghouse. This year, we'll see what happens. He is one of the most – outside of Christian McCaffrey, he – uh, and Dalvin Cook. He is essentially the next most efficient, most productive running back um, as far as yardage goes in the league. However, he's not getting the touchdowns. He only has one touchdown. Um, Next-gen stats, 
uh, is mentioning that he should have upwards of six to seven touchdowns with his opportunity, but he has one on the year. He is getting the receiving work, though, seven catches on the game. So that's definitely going to be helpful. But Leonard Fournette, I think, is great. If you can buy him low somehow, do that because he's not catching the touchdown. So his fantasy numbers aren't super spiked, but he's got all the opportunities and assume, you know, he doesn't fall in some weird shit with the Jags uh, coaching staff. Um, he should be just fine there, but keep an eye on that. I just wanted to mention it as I noticed it. Chris Conley steps up as the number one receiver this week, four catches, one Oh three and a touchdown for the Jags for the jets. Sam Darnold again, not much three touchdown or three interceptions. Excuse me. Le'Veon Bell stifled again. I've gone into Lev a million times on this podcast. I'll leave it out. I told you not to draft him as high as he was. I said I was worried about him. This is why I was worried about him. We're eight weeks in and, well, seven games for the Jets. And uh, Lev Bell, not doing much. Um, so I'm just going to to leave it there. But I um, was worried about the offensive line. I was worried about uh, the defense. I was worried about Sam Darnold in general and this coaching staff, Adam Gase especially, Le'Veon Bell in purgatory. I know everyone says buy him low. Fine, do that because he's getting the volume as a running back. But I think there's better options personally. Jags 29 Jets 15 move into the uh, 49ers and the Panthers. The 49ers absolutely dismantled the Panthers 51 13. The Niners remain undefeated seven and zero. Panthers four and three. Jimmy G just 175 and two touchdowns. Of course, he's not the reason the Niners are winning the game, but as long as he doesn't lose it, the Niners should be just fine. Christian McCaffrey 14 carries for 117 and a touchdown for the Panthers, but Tevin Coleman Four touchdowns, three rushing, one receiving. George Kittle, six for 86 on National Tight End Day. Getting it done. 49ers, huge win. Kyle Allen gets his first loss, throws his first interception in the NFL. Sounds like he is going to remain the starting quarterback, though, for the Panthers as Cam Newton is in the middle of uh, his rehab. So expect uh, the Panthers to keep rolling with Kyle Allen. We'll see how he can adapt moving forward. Uh, Cam Newton should be out another week or two, um, but the offense outside of Christian, Christian McCaffrey definitely stifled in this game um, against the uh, 49ers. Thir- uh, 51-13 49ers, big win. Move into Foxborough. The Patriots take care of business in a shitty rain game against the uh, Browns. Patriots out 17 nothing in the first quarter, and the Browns somewhat battled back, but the Patriots just held on to win this game 27-13. Patriots remain undefeated as well. Browns now 2-5. and five. Tom Brady, 259 and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, 20 for 131. He had a great game on the ground. He fumbled the first two possessions. The Browns had three consecutive turnovers. They had an interception and two fumbles on their first three drives, which really buried them early. But their defense actually played pretty well overall, and the Patriots scored on those um, those turnovers. But uh, if those turnovers weren't there, I'd be interested to see how this game actually went because the, the Browns eventually settled in, played well, were moving the ball. Um, but ultimately, the Patriots the Patriots, and they took care of business. Um Nick Chubb, though, 131 yards, but he did fumble those two away. Julian Edelman, 8 for 78 and two touchdowns, a rare occurrence for Julian Edelman. And uh, Odell Beckham uh, was um, bottled up, as uh, we all knew that Belichick would do. Uh, but it was nice to see him getting the targets from Baker Mayfield, and I expect them to hyper-target moving forward. But Patriots take care of business, 27-13 at home. Next up, the Texans get a big win against the Raiders Stay five and three. The Raiders three and four. Texans twenty seven. Raiders twenty four. Derek Carr two eighty five and three touchdowns. Carlos Hyde nineteen for eighty three on the ground. And DeAndre Hopkins bounces back. It is nuke season for show. Two, uh, Eleven for one oh nine. 
could have had a couple more on big bombs. Uh, Deshaun Watson throws for three touchdowns as well. So uh, the Texans Texans take care of business. Unfortunately, um, J.J. Watt, not fantasy-related, but J.J. Watt tore his pectoral muscle. He is done for the season, which is shitty because he's one of the best dudes in the NFL um, off the season, and, off the field and on the field. Um, but furthermore, he uh, has a huge gap na- now in that defense. So Javion Clowney is obviously in Seattle now, and uh, J.J. Watt is out for the season. So it looks like the uh, Falcon, or excuse me, the Texans defense, who is already susceptible, is more vulnerable now. So attack them uh, with your fantasy assets. Tyrell Williams returns. Nice game for him. He got his touchdown, and Darren Waller was held in check, but he gets his touchdown as well uh, for uh, the Raiders. Josh Jacobs, decent game on the ground too. Move on to Sunday Night Football. The Packers get a big win in uh Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, 31-24 over the Chiefs. Packers 7-1 and and the Chiefs 5-3, and of course, without Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers, 305, yard, 305 yards with three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 67 yards on the ground, 150 through the air, a handful of touchdowns, uh, 159 on seven receptions for two more touchdowns for Aaron Jones. So he is a beast. Looks like uh, Devontae Adams will be returning this next week here, so we'll keep an eye on that. The receiver is still not really able to do much, um, and Jimmy Graham held in check too. For the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill does does I. Nobody else really does anything. Shady McCoy uh, fumbles one of his away. Damian Williams falls into the end zone. Travis Kelsey gets his uh, touchdown. Matt Moore looked decent, uh, but not enough as the Packers defense prevails on the road, 31-24. Monday Night Football, the Steelers pull away from the Dolphins. This one was 14-0 Dolphins early on um, a couple of turnovers right away from uh, Mason Rudolph. But the uh, Steelers eventually score 10 to go into the half, and then they score 17 unanswered in the second half and pull away 27-14. The Steelers are now 3-4. and four. The Dolphins, of course, are winless at 0-7. Mason Rudolph, 251 and two touchdowns. He did have those two interceptions as well. James Conner, 23 carries, 145 and a touchdown, although he did leave the game in a sling. We think it's a shoulder clavicle injury. I haven't heard more than that at this point. Not sure what his status is, uh, but Jalen Samuels is also out. Benny Snell got hurt in this game, so looks like um, they are going to be to their third, fourth, fifth running back potentially. Keep an eye on the Steelers there. And then Juju Schuster finally uh, bounces back a little bit. Five catches, 103, and a touchdown for him. Huge game for Deontay Thompson, my man. Uh, nice 40-yard touchdown and uh, had a couple other great catches too there. So uh, big game. And on the other side, Fitzmagic looked great early. And then, of course, had a couple turnovers, had a couple uh, sack fumbles, had an interception, and eventually the Dolphins lose the game. Um, but Kalen Blage looked okay. Uh, Devontae Parker looks fine. Maybe, hopefully, he'll get traded as well. And we'll see what happens there. But, of course, the Dolphins were without Kenyon Drake, who did not even travel with the team. He gets uh, traded over to Arizona and is now a Cardinal. So the teams on by last week or in week eight were the Cowboys and the Ravens. So, of course, they'll be back in play in week nine. And uh, after the break, we'll get into my ballers and stallers. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you hear and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, or drop an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, 
Subscribe to the podcast and leave a rate and review for us wherever you're listening. We appreciate your feedback and support. And finally, go visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings and Lucas's Start Sit article. Before we get into the second half of the episode and my ballers and stallers, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Ballers and stallers for week eight. We have Daniel Jones at the quarterback position. Danny Dimes holding it down. I hate fucking calling him Danny Dimes, but because he had the number one fantasy output at with the quarterbacks, I will give him one. Uh, 20 for 41, 322, and four touchdowns, 13 yards on the ground. He did lose a fumble, but 28 points on the week, number one slot for quarterbacks. We'll go into uh, Deshaun Watson, a nice good game. 279 and three touchdowns there. Aaron Rodgers, 305 and three. Drew Brees, 373 and three. Garner Minshew, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, and Ryan Tannehill all had three touchdowns as well. Matt Schaub, as I mentioned, 460. Nice big game from him. Jared Goff, almost 400 yards himself. A couple honorable mentions. Jameis with those uh, 300 yards and two touchdowns, but again, rough. He did rush for 53 yards in this game, which was nice, but you're not going to get that every week. Um, Matt Moore, Tom Brady, Andy Dalton, and Josh Allen, decent game. Uh, Josh Allen, another 45 yards on the ground and two touchdowns there. Mason Rudolph and Russell Wilson uh, were in the staller category. Um, Russell Wilson just 182 and two touchdowns there. Uh, Taysom Hill actually caught a touchdown, so he's in this category for quarterbacks, but nothing throwing the ball. Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, some of these guys all gave a staller production in week eight we'll go to the running backs Aaron Jones does it again 41 points 13 for 67 on the ground no touchdowns but seven for 159 and two touchdowns on eight targets through the air Tevin Coleman as I mentioned four total touchdowns over 100 yards uh, total Latavius Murray over 150 yards total two touchdowns for him 12 targets uh, through the passing game Saquon Barkley over 130 yards total and a touchdown 10 targets for him Dalvin Cook over 170 yards total. He had a, a touchdown as well. Christian McCaffrey getting it done over 150 yards. 
Um, once again, uh, touchdown for him. And then David Montgomery, 131 in the touchdown. James Conner, 145 in a touchdown. And a couple honorable mentions, uh, Miles Sanders, Leonard Fournette, and um, Jordan Howard. I'll throw Joe Mixon in there too. What the hell? He's had a couple weeks off of this category. So we'll throw him in there with, with 17 for 66 and four for 11 in the touchdown through the air. A couple uh stallers. Um, I don't think you were starting Jamal Williams, but it's obviously uh, he had two touchdowns in this game, um, but it was obviously uh, Aaron Jones's backfield here. Devonta Freeman, um, not bad over hundred yards total, but no touchdowns for him. Marlon Mack uh, did have um, a touchdown, but pretty, uh, pretty light game. Otherwise just 80 yards total. And then Chris Carson, 90 for a touchdown, which is great um, in general, but nothing to the pass game this game, which was interesting. Devin Singletary, if you started him on a whim, uh, just about 50 yards. He did have a touchdown in a reception game and not much otherwise. Uh, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Adrian Peterson, uh, James White, Royce Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Nick Chubb, Gurley, Eckler, Jacobs, um, uh, Williams, Shady McCoy, you know, Sonny Michelle, Derrick Henry, Le'Veon Bell. A lot of these guys uh, stalled out. So. Kind of a top-heavy week for the running backs. For the receivers, Mike Evans absolutely crushed 11 for 198 and two touchdowns on 12 targets, 42 points for him. And Cooper Cup right behind him, 7 for 220 in the touchdown on 10 targets for 35 yards. Again, Cooper Cup could have much more here, but they kind of went away from him late. Great game, though, for both of those guys. Kenny Galladay, 123 and two touchdowns. Julian Edelman, 78 and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas, 11 for 112 and touchdown on 11 targets. 11 for 11 for Michael Thomas once again. Absolutely insane efficiency. Julio Jones, also insane efficiency. 10 um, 10 receptions on 12 targets for 152. No touchdown, but he did have the numbers. And New Hopkins, 11 on 13 targets for 109. No touchdowns, but he had the numbers as well. Juju over 100 in a touchdown. Chris Conley over 100 in a touchdown. DJ Chark, Deontay Johnson, Stephon Diggs, and uh, Darius Slayton, all honorable mentions here. And a couple stallers. Um, Golden Tate, if you're thinking much of the revenge game there, 8 for 85, not terrible, uh, but just 16 fantasy points without that touchdown there. Uh, DK Metcalf did have two touchdowns, but just 13 receiving yards. Um, keep an eye on Josh Reynolds, our boy here on the podcast. If uh, Cook is out, keep or Brandon Cooks is out, he had three for 73 and a touchdown, did um, Josh Reynolds, so keep an eye there. Tyler Lockett got his 100 yards on six catches, uh, but no touchdown this week. Um, but Tyreek Hill... And uh, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, Emmanuel Sanders did catch a touchdown, but not much otherwise. Keenan Allen, once again, uh, not much. Jarvis Landry, Auden Tate, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Chris Godwin, Odo Beckham Jr., Sutton, Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins, and uh, A.J. Brown, all stallers for the receivers as well. Tight ends, and then we will get out of here. Ryan Griffin for the uh, New York Jets. Two touchdowns on the day, 66 yards, 24 touchdowns for him. Darren Fells uh, getting it done again for the Texans. Two touchdowns on 58 yards. Jonu Smith filling in for Delaney Walker. Uh, one of my uh, one of my nice streams in my league of record worked out, 78 yards and a touchdown. Shout out to my boy Summy of the Draft Room Podcast. I consider him the tight end whisperer, and I text him early in the morning. I was like, yo, I got Cameron Braid streaming without O.J. Howard, or I got Jonu Smith, and he told me to go with Jonu Smith. Boom, doubled up, 78 and a touchdown. Summy, my man, I appreciate you, bro. Go check out the Draft Room Podcast, friend of the show. 
Austin Hooper, 65 and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 63 and a touchdown. George Kittle, 86. Evan Ingram, 40 and a touchdown. And uh, Demetrius Harris and Dallas Goddard and Darren Waller all had a touchdown as well, but not much through the air. Uh, Hunter Henry, just four for 47. And uh, Cameron Brait, I thought was going to have a much better game, but three for 32, filling in for um, O.J. Howard, not much there. Eric Ebron, just three for 26. Jimmy Graham, three for 20. Vance McDonald, three for 19. And Zach Ertz, two for 20 on the game. And uh, Gerald Everett, two for 15. TJ Hawkinson, one for 21 uh, on the game. So those are your ballers and stallers for week eight, heading into week nine. Again, by the end of uh, today, we will have a lot of moving parts, probably. A lot of them are going to be on the defensive side of the ball, which doesn't mix up fantasy too much. Although, keep an eye on those DSTs, but a handful are also going to be fantasy relevant players on the offensive side too so keep tuned there make sure you're following our twitter make sure you're following our facebook all of the links are in the outro per usual you can catch those and uh we will get at you um with uh our recap of the trades on the next episode best that we can and all of our reactions to things like that so have a wonderful tuesday enjoy the trade deadline make sure you're paying attention and best of luck in week nine That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod and Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Make sure you tune in to our social medias because we're going to be recapping all the trades on today's trade deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern time. There's going to be a lot of moving parts and we'll, we will be on it as soon as possible and we'll be recapping all these moves on the next episode. Make sure you visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. And if you've gained any value from this episode, you know what to do. Please rate and review as well as subscribe to our podcast and give us a like and a follow on our social media as it really does make a difference and we appreciate it. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sky Guasco and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.